0: I love back to school, but guys, I'm about to dive in, but before we get started, I'm gonna ask all the kids to help me out. I need you to remember a number for me because odds are I'm going to forget, okay? The number is 34. What's the number?
1: 34. What's the
0: number? 34. In LHC kids, we do this a lot. We say, okay, lock it in your brain. Okay, we're gonna lock it together. Ready, one, two, three, go. Lock it in your brain. Okay, what's the number? 34. 34. Excellent. Okay, guys, I'm going to forget, so I need you to remember that for me. I love back-to-school. I love back-to-school season. I know we're empty nesters. I have always loved back-to-school season. I loved it as a child. I loved it as a teacher. I loved it as a parent when I was sending kids back to school, and I love it as an empty nester. I love everything about it. I'm not sure if it is, like, all the excitement that the kids all feel or if it's the fact that football season is about to start or, yeah. Sick and bears. Or maybe it is the fact that school supplies are on sale. I still love that. Can you have too many Sharpies? I say no. (laughs) Or flare pens. I love everything about it. And I loved it then. I love it now. You know, back to school season is not just for kids, it impacts everyone. And back to school has been around for a long time. It's just evolved over the decades. So if you think about it, back to school in the 50s, they did back to school. They thought about what their first day of school outfit was gonna be, just instead of jeans or shorts, they were poodle skirts and saddle shoes. And maybe the guys were preparing their cuff jeans and white t-shirt, you know, or the cuff khakis. Um, But they did back to school. Or if you think about the 70s, In the 70s, parents waited in carpool lines just like they do now. The difference was they waited in really long wood paneled station wagons. Yes. I know, we all had those. And they were listening to maybe Donnie Osmond or Partridge Family, Partridge Family, Sonny and Cher, but they did back to school. And then think about the 80s, guys. I do remember the 80s. And for me in high school, back to school meant a new can of Aquanet for my big hair. (laughs) That's right. We had the big hair as big as we could possibly get it. And the guys, they were working on that pop collar with their polo that they wore with, um, yeah, that is, days gone by. And with acid wash jeans or... I don't know if anybody remembers this, but we used to. And I remember my mom kind of being perplexed. Like, why do all the girls want to wear boys Levi's? And that was the thing. And we would work on the tight roll. I know that, I know that there are people <laughs> of you who remember to perfect the tight roll. It, it was a lot of work. But everyone, and I mean everyone, had the new Trapper Keeper. It was the her. greatest invention of all time because you could carry all of your school supplies and your papers in that one Velcro case. <laughs> it was amazing. Back to school has been around a long time and it's still exciting but things have changed a little bit. In addition to fashion and um, school supply improvements, we've also come a long way with technology. Technology has definitely changed over the last 30, 50, 70 years. It has definitely changed. I vividly remember the microwave. The microwave coming out and when it came into kitchens and it changed our lives. How many of y'all
1: remember when you got a microwave in your house? Like oh. they, didn't, they, weren't, they didn't just happen. Back in the day. Like I remember my mom got a microwave. It was like, it was the size of a large suitcase.
0: It was huge.
1: You had to clear like three countertops to get it on there.
0: And that was kind of like the first at-home computer. Yeah. The first at-home computer was also, it was a big improvement, but it it was a big improvement. (laughs) And then laptops and iPads and now, you know, smartphones. Technology has changed dramatically and has impacted our culture. And then it's not just technology though. In the last, I'm going to say 50 years, maybe even just the last 20 or 30 years, life has changed when it comes to activities and programs Mm -hmm. for kids. The activities and opportunities for your child to succeed are overwhelming now. We did not have access to all these things. You know, for the right price, you can get a private tutor for your preschooler. Mm -hmm. and set them up for their best life. And if you want to do from robotics to soccer to softball, you can find a travel team and for just a little more money, get a private coach. It's amazing, isn't it? And they promise your child's happiness. Your child's future (laughs) happiness depends on this team. And so parents are bombarded by this. Kids are bombarded by this. It's so much, so much has stayed the same back to school, and so much has changed. And then when I think about it, it happened like one advancement, one invention, one activity at a time. It wasn't overnight, but it kind of was. It was just one thing at a time, but then we pick our heads up, and we look around, and we are living life at a pace that our grandparents and our great-grandparents never would have imagined. We are all living in this world that is just, you know what? The word I think of, we're all feeling overwhelmed everyone i know yeah. is feeling overwhelmed and it's this it's this world we're living in that's technology saturated it's everywhere we look some of it good but it's saturated it's everywhere so it's technology saturated and then it's hyper scheduled we are all hyper scheduled and that leads to overstimulated this technology saturated world that we're all living in and the hyper scheduled culture that we're in leads to overstimulated. And the natural result of that is the universal feeling of overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. And it doesn't matter if you're a kid, a parent, a a grandparent, an empty nester, a single adult, wherever you are, I guarantee you, you have had that feeling of overwhelmed. And I'm gonna give you some sign language for it. Literally overwhelmed. This is a sign language. You do your hands to your chest like this and then a wave taking over you. This is the sign language. Let's look at the definition together. The definition of overwhelmed. Figuratively, meaning just what it means when we use it most often, it means overcome or overpowered, overtaken by thought or feeling, overcome by all the feels. And then literally, it means to be buried or submerged. And I think we can all connect with that, that feeling of being buried or submerged, whether it's your schedule, whether it's your responsibilities. If we take the time to pick our heads up, we say, wow, I can barely keep my head above water here, whether it's thoughts and feelings or activities and schedules, whatever it is, but there's a universal feeling of overwhelmed. And it's so universal that it's become normal, it's become expected. And instead of doing something about the overwhelmed, we say, how can we live in 2022? This is the new normal, so tell me how to make it work in this overwhelmed culture. It's just become so normal.
1: And I think it's one of those things that as Julie said, it happened, it feels like overnight, but it was actually very, very gradual. We, We layered in things over time. I remember when we would get home from school, which admittedly was more than a minute ago when I was in school, but when we would get home from school, man, I would jump on my banana seat Schwinn and ride the neighborhood until dinnertime. How many of y'all remember that? Unscheduled playtime. Some of you will have to explain that to your children over lunch, what that means. But unscheduled playtime was a big thing. And as Julie said, it, to, to the absence of that and that feeling of overwhelmed. Is the new normal? I wonder this morning if you don't you don't have to do this. You don't have to play along. But I wonder how many of us, right now, feel overwhelmed by something just in life in general. Let me see a show of hands. Thank you for raising your hand. Listen, here's what I want you to do. Check this out. Keep your hands up if you feel overwhelmed. Look around the room. Look around the room. You are not alone, and you're not completely crazy. We all feel that way. That is the new normal, but just because it's normal does not mean that that's how God designed us or desires us to live this life. As a matter of fact, I want you to turn to your neighbor and with a smile on your face and passion and enthusiasm, tell them, normal is overrated.
0: Normal is is overrated.
1: Normal is overrated. If we are shooting for normal, we are aiming too low. This feeling of, overwhelmed is nothing new to the human condition. As a matter of fact, if you go back to the Bible, all the way back to Genesis, Adam and Eve in Genesis 3 were overwhelmed by, by shame and by guilt when sin entered the picture. The books of Job, Psalms, Proverbs speak repeatedly to a broken spirit or a crushed and overwhelmed heart and mind. Even Jesus himself in his earthly ministry in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said, I am overwhelmed, I am grieved to the point of death. So the Bible talks about this a lot throughout, the, throughout Scripture. It's there for us, but there's one instance in Jesus' life. It's recorded in five little verses in Luke chapter 10 that we're going to dive into today. In Luke chapter 10, the Bible records just a visit that Jesus had with some friends of his. Just just hanging out. He was in the home of Mary and Martha. They lived in the little town of Bethany. And Mary and Martha were, of course, the br- the sisters of Lazarus, whom Jesus would raise from the dead later on. But in this particular story that's recorded in Luke chapter 10, they're just hanging out. But in this hangout is an incredible insight into how we overcome overwhelmed. Last week as a church family, we started a series called Set free, set free. Today we want to talk about being set free from overwhelm. Next week I'm going to talk about set free from anxiety. Set free from anxiety. That's next week, but today set free from overwhelm. Look at Luke chapter 10 and when we read these, past, these, these verses, I want you to, to read the highlighted words on the screen with me when we get there, okay? This is going to be interactive, participatory, We're going to start with verse 38 and read just those five verses. Here's what the Bible says. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Read it with me. But
0: Martha Martha
1: was distracted. distracted with much serving And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you You are are anxious anxious and troubled troubled about many many things. But one thing is necessary. Read it with me. Mary Mary has chosen chosen the the good good portion." portion, which will not be taken away from her. What an incredible, incredible moment in time that I think is so incredibly instructive for you and me in 2022. Those words again, Martha was distracted. Jesus said, you are anxious and troubled about many things. And then Mary has chosen the good portion. You know, a lot of times, mostly from this passage of scripture, from people who, who study the Bible and read it, Martha gets a bad rap. We kind of of portray Martha as a control freak and she was kind of freaked out and sweet Mary was just there at Jesus' feet hanging out. But Martha was in a frenzy running around. She was worried about this and that, making sure everything was just so. But I think it's important to understand that Martha was the one who welcomed Jesus into the home. Martha was the reason he was there. So if you're kind of a, a type A control freak, That's not always a bad thing.
0: There's nothing wrong with it.
1: (laughs) That's what Julie keeps telling me. I I think we all, from time to time, we all have a little Martha in us. Because it's not that she was doing anything wrong. As a matter of fact, I I think most of us, we we could pretty quickly come up with a list of don'ts in our lives. The things that we shouldn't do that we know would interrupt the flow of God's goodness in our lives. But it's not always the don'ts. A lot of times it's the good things that become distractions from the best things. Good things can become distractions from the best things. Martha was being hospitable. She was making the home presentable, trying to provide a nice environment and atmosphere for this visit. Nothing wrong with that except except she took her eyes off the prize. She she forgot to keep The main thing, the main thing. And that's what Jesus was getting at here. And I think this is where the real crux of the lesson lies for you and for me, is to keep our eyes on the main thing. And the main thing, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith, and then take care of everything else that we have time for after that. But it is after that relationship with Christ.
0: Martha was busy doing for Jesus, but Mm. Mary understood that it was about being with Jesus. And and if we're honest, um, then we know that human nature is a drift toward busyness. It is a drift toward too much, because if some is good, then a lot is better. Mm. And we tend to drift toward busyness, and this drift toward busyness leads to the overwhelm. Even if all the things that you're doing are good. What's the number, kids? I heard it over here. What's the number? 34. Okay, all of a sudden I was thinking, oh, I'm about to forget the number. Okay, we're coming back to it in one sec. So our drift is toward busyness. Our drift is toward overwhelm. So then what are we going to do about it? What is it that we can do? Well, I have good news. There are choices we can make and actions we can take to overcome overwhelm, but we have to agree that normal is overrated. And we have to agree that to make changes, to make a difference, we have to be willing to be different. Mm. It is a courageous thing for us to say, you know what? This is what everybody in our mom group is doing. This is what everybody at my school is doing. This is what everybody in the neighborhood is doing. But I'm going to God for my vision And we are going to do this. As a family, we're gonna do this. And as a family, we're going to address the overwhelm. We're going to do something about it. We're gonna overcome overwhelm together. So let's dive in. Overcoming overwhelmed. Overcoming overwhelmed. Now, the first thing you have to do is you have to see the signs of overwhelm. You have to know what it looks like. What does overwhelmed look like? And I need to make a confession (laughs) that I am a mom and I am a teacher and i love these charts these feelings charts okay and so if you've been in fearless mom you've definitely gotten a feelings chart and we cleverly entitled ours all the feels and so if your mom <laughs> is in fearless mom you've probably seen this chart too but if you're in school your teachers probably have a chart too guys or
1: or if your wife runs fearless mom you have seen you, this you chart you may have before. seen this
0: chart in various forms that is true And we are working so hard to equip this generation to identify, process, and express their feelings in a healthy and productive way. And I'm not going to lie, guys. I feel like I've carried it too far. I do. I feel like I've carried it too far because I've missed this opportunity to say this. Sometimes you don't know what you feel. Sometimes you're feeling a lot of things all at one time. It, this is just simplification, an oversimplification, if you will. And so sometimes we look at kids and we're like, "Hurry, pick one." <laughs> I'm supposed to tell you what to feel and how to you put a word to it. Kids, practice this with me. I don't know. Say it with me. Ready? One, two, three. I, I don't, don't know. know.
1: Husbands, practice with me. <laughs> no. I no. Don't this is for know. the
0: children. The children. I don't know. I, tried. I don't know what really I'm thinking. Tried. I don't know what I'm feeling. That's okay. That's okay. You
1: know what it makes me think of? Do you remember the time when I'm
0: going somewhere with this? I know you so. are,
1: but and it's great. Okay, it's great. Go. But I, it reminds me of one time we were in the car with we're Emily and nervous. Joe. Yes. And I don't even remember what happened. Emily said something or did something to Joe. And and just for background, Joseph was. Usually a pretty easy-going kid. Every day's a good day, just kind of hang out, whatever. And but for whatever reason on this particular instance, Emily just pushed him right over the edge, just one step too far. And and this was Joe's response. <laughs> Do you remember that, Emily? I remember that so vividly.
0: Do you remember that one time?
1: <laughs> but it was like he didn't have the words to express it. He didn't have the chart at his fingertips. And he's just, yeah.
0: See, moms and dads, you need to keep them in your car. Like, <laughs> put it on But the still allow them sometimes
1: you. to say, Ugh! Your
0: middle schooler is going to be so thrilled when you pick them up and you're like, how, how was school today? <laughs> how are you feeling about school today? This is great, you know. So here's the deal give your family, give your kids permission to say, I don't know. Kids, you have permission to say, I don't know. You also have permission to do just the signal, you don't even have to use words. I'm overwhelmed. I'm feeling a lot of things. I'm overwhelmed. Do it with me. One, two, three, go. That's right, okay? And at that point, mom, that's right, that's right. You just set the table and let them tell you how they're feeling.
1: Are you sure that's not for marriage? Uh, That is not for marriage.
0: This is totally for back to school blessing. Okay, hold up a three. Everybody hold up a three. What was the number?
1: 34. The number
0: was 34. This is another thing I want you to remember. Um, This is is also can also be a letter. What letter kids? What letter? What letter? I the number is 3 but the letter is W w, Very good. w and then this is what number 4. 4. So you have a 3 that's a W. This is to remind you God is with you. Oh. See with starts with a W. God w- is w- with you. With. And this is to remind you that God is For For. you. God is with you. God is for you. So this is what I want to say. Parents, if we want to encourage our children, and children, if you want to receive encouragement from your parents, here is the thing. You don't have to yell. If your middle schooler parents is getting on the bus for the first day of middle school, I would actually encourage you not to yell. God is with you and for you, okay? <laughs> Just at, or like to yell as you drop off your high schooler for football practice. Remember, God is with you and for you. You don't need to do that. Here's the code, 34. 34. Text your high schooler. You know your, your student has a test, a big test? Text them, 34. 34. 34, that's our code. What's the number? 34. And the number means God is with, with you, you and, and
1: for you. We're
0: speaking in code languages around here. Okay, so here is how to know. See the signs of overwhelm. See the signs of overwhelm. I'm gonna give you a few of the symptoms just for you to say, am I feeling overwhelmed? And then you have the, the courage to look and say, you know what, I'm gonna examine and I, I think I'm feeling overwhelmed, mom. I think I'm feeling overwhelmed. To tell your coach, I think I'm feeling overwhelmed. Here's what we go. Disproportionate reactions, and we call this emotional dysregulation. Emotional dysregulation, disproportionate reactions. Big tears about little things. Big tantrums about tiny things. Big reactions about small things. Maybe you're a worrier. Do you know if you're a worrier, then that means your brain is really good at thinking you're really good at thinking, it just sometimes doesn't shut off exactly at when it should. So maybe you have significant worrying, um, difficulty concentrating, focusing, or making decisions, procrastination, or unproductive work, a sense of dread when approaching a task, a sense of urgency about every little thing, things that shouldn't be urgent. These are all signs and symptoms of overwhelm, and they're signs and symptoms of overwhelm for adults and for kids. So, We know, okay, I'm gonna have the courage, I'm gonna examine my life and go, you know what? I'm seeing the signs of overwhelm and good news. That's normal, but I don't wanna be normal. Mm. I'm going to say something about it. I'm gonna talk to my parents or my counselor, my teacher about it. Um, And then, so first you see the signs, then you make the change. Make the changes to simplify. You overcome overwhelmed with simplicity. You get your life as simple as possible and some of you are like, that would be so nice. I'm gonna give you a few little tiny practical things that you can do to simplify and everyone can participate. You may be thinking, there's no way I can simplify my life and I'm gonna tell you, yes, there is. I'm gonna tell you, yes, there is and we all benefit from simplicity. So the first thing that you simplify is your intake. Your intake. Think about what you're reading, what you're listening to, Think about the technology, how much time you're spending on social media.
1: What you're watching.
0: What you're watching. This is not just for kids. Adults, no. we can, everybody's like, yeah, those teenagers. Yeah, well, guess what? We need to examine how much time we're spending as well. There are all kinds of alerts and alarms you can put on your phone. Um, maybe you want to have no phone zones in your home. Blame me if you want to. You know, um uh, Pastor Mac and Julie said, we have to have no phone zones. I <laughs> highly recommend it. We still have no phone zones. You can even make it fun and go, oh, guys, we're having 50s day this Saturday. We're having 50s day, meaning we can only use the technology that was invented by the 50s. Or today is 80s day. Everybody loves decades day. We can only use the technology that was invented in the 80s. Whatever it is, monitor your intake and simplify, shorten it as little as you can. And then... Your calendar. Simplify your calendar, your schedule. We always check our calendars. I check my phone, and I make sure on my iPhone, you know, the calendar when you have a month view, that I have no dot days. You have to have no dot days. You have to have days where you have nothing. Well, I don't have anything till 11. Well, that's still something. Everybody needs no dot days. Everybody needs sleep-in days.
1: God prescribed no dot days in Genesis God had a no-dot day called the Sabbath. Now, Julie and I, we work on Sunday. This is, this is a work day for us. But we have a day where we don't. And to be totally transparent with you, we don't nail that 100% of the time, but we are working diligently to set aside a day with no obligations, no work, nothing. For one day, if God did that, maybe the world could do without Mac working for one day. One day, a week. We need that time a no dot day.
0: And I want to remind you, what does 34 stand for? God is with you and God is for you. Because the next one I'm going to say, you'd have to be pretty courageous to stand up and do this as a family. And you want to monitor and minimize your extra stuff extracurriculars, your AP classes, extra tutoring, all that. Look, all of it is good. All of it is good. We're shooting for great here. We're shooting for a piece that passes understanding. And our kids did it all, but you can do it within some boundaries. Just examine it. Examine what you're doing and see where you can cut back. Um, So if there's any way to do it, minimize your calendar, um, simplify your calendar, and then, and guess what? My kids in kindergarten, first grade, we didn't do play dates. We didn't do it, um, and they know how to make friends. You know, they're making <laughs> friends all day at school. And that And we didn't do extracurricular um, until they were, you know, they had school down. And we were, it, it, it's okay. It's okay. They are fairly happy, healthy adults. Yeah, okay, getting a thumbs up. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so then, so you simplify your intake, your calendar, and then your environment. The kids, Bear with me on this, okay? Everyone as a family can work together to simplify your environment. That's your home, your bedroom, your car. Simplify that. So this is what I wanna say. Yes, order is important. Uh, Everything has a place and everything is in its place. That is super important. A a place in your home that is set aside, that is quiet, that is organized for homework. Everything has a place. It's okay to have
1: a junk drawer. junk drawer is fine. Don't have a junk house.
0: And look, I mean, it's hard. It takes work. But I promise if you are overwhelmed, everyone can simplify what's in their house. Everyone can do this one. And kids, this is you too. So this is a challenge. So you take out all your stuff, all your stuff, and you put half of it away. You don't have to get rid of it. You don't have to get rid of it. Put it in boxes though, where you can't see it. I'm going to challenge you to do that again and put that other half away so that you're now just with one quarter, whether it's toys, clothes, all the stuff. <laughs> you don't have to give it away. In the first service, I said, everybody, half your toys. And a child said, what? Yeah, from way up in the balcony. <laughs> but great. I promise you, you don't have to give it away. Just remember, we are overstimulated. We are all overstimulated, and overstimulated leads to overwhelm. So, have whatever you can your clothes, your um, toys, your stuff, kitchen appliances, all the things. Everybody can do it, everybody can simplify. And um, uh, you want to simplify your life? If you have uh, elementary, middle school, high school, this is our family secret. We put our school clothes on the night before. Oh, yes, we did. Yes, we did, and if I could still, I sure would. (laughs) I I would, but um, I did draw the line when I uh, was tucking Joe in and he had his tennis shoes on. I said, okay, buddy, you know, you can go ahead and lace them up, but that we have time for to tie your shoes in the morning. But simplify your life as much as possible. What's the number? 34. 34, and we are all working ASAP. Not the urgency that everyone feels, but we're working toward as simple as possible asap means as simple as possible what's the number
1: 34 i think i think you can remember that if you think intake calendar environment intake calendar environment i c e
0: oh yes we did ice, ice,
1: When you feel overwhelmed, chill out. Ice, ice, baby. Ice, intake, calendar, environment. I love, I, I'm using that all week long coming up.
0: It but does apply to everyone. It, it is oh, not absolutely. just for children.
1: Back to school is, it's, it's just a recalibration is really what it is. And you, we all, all, particularly in terms of being overwhelmed, we all need to learn how to recalibrate from time to time, and probably more often than just January 1st. Overwhelmed is a universal that we get to deal with in a biblical, biblical way. Now, we've already kind of touched on this a little bit. If we're gonna, we're gonna see the signs of overwhelmed, we're gonna make the change to simplify, that, that's how we do it. But both of those things really and truly, they radiate out of the heart of the deepest soul need that we all have. The the deepest need of your life, the deepest need of my life can only be satisfied in the person of Jesus Christ. And so again, we come back to this, keep the main thing the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. Now, we all have life to live. Life, life will get cluttered. It will get busy. It will. All of these things are true. But if we keep the main thing, the main thing, and remember Jesus with Mary and Martha. Remember Martha scurrying around? She had done some good stuff. She invited Jesus into the home. Good thing. Her intentions were good. But we have to remember that it's not enough just to have good intentions. We have to remain intentional about Distractions. We have to remain on guard and vigilant to make sure that the distractions don't become the main attraction. And Jesus is saying here, keep the main thing the main thing. Remember what he said to, to Martha. He said, Martha, you are, you are anxious and distracted by many things. He said, but Mary has chosen the good portion which will never be taken away from her. That word portion is so rich in spiritual meaning and significance. In Jesus' time, the Jewish mindset would have immediately thought of when Joshua led the nation of Israel into the promised land. That's where the word portion comes from. Because when God gave, when he led Israel into the promised land, he was fulfilling the promise or the covenant that he had made with Abraham Hundreds of years earlier, remember he said to Abraham and Sarah, there are only two of you right now, but I'm going to make of you two a great nation that will bless the entire world. And when Israel moved into the promised land, they had gone from two people to several million strong. And in that moment, God gave each tribe of Israel a certain portion, a certain allotment of the land for them to occupy to settle, and then to steward and care for and work and make their living from. So when Jesus said that Mary had chosen the good portion, you see, for Israel, it was never just about the land. The land was representative of their calling, of their place as God's people. God had chosen Israel. He had called them into relationship with himself, and it was through his relationship with this nation of Israel, that he would bless the entire world in the form of Jesus. Choosing the good portion that will never be taken from you, that's keeping the main thing, the main thing. It's this this idea of portion and the allotment of land that God has given to you, that he's given to me. Look at what David wrote in Psalm chapter 16. In Psalm 16, verses 5 and 6, David writes, Lord, Lord, You alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure, my lot in life. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Now, David is writing this hundreds of years after Israel had settled the promised land. But he says these boundary lines that God had given to us as his chosen people, these boundary lines fall in pleasant places. When you and I live our lives within the boundary lines that God has given to us, life falls in pleasant places. When we keep the main thing the main thing, we we live in, we live out of the peace that passes understanding. And it is Jesus and Jesus alone who makes that possible, who gives that to us. Today, if you've never stepped into that, you've never owned that and confessed your sins in order to claim the forgiveness that makes that kind of peace possible, we want to give you the opportunity to do that. It's, it's a very straightforward. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's a very straightforward thing. It requires confessing your sin to God, not holding anything back, not trying to act like there's some things over here that I'm going to hold on to, but just confessing it all in order to receive all of his grace, all of his forgiveness. And choosing to believe that when Jesus died on the cross— He took the penalty for your sin. He took the penalty for mine, and He paid the price so that you don't have to, I don't have to, and then choosing to believe when He rose again from the grave, that He rose again with the promise of new life for anyone who would believe in Him. I want to ask you, if you will, bow your heads for just a moment. If you've never taken that step, you've never made that conscious decision to follow Christ, if God's leading you right now, then we invite you to pray. Just right where you are, silently talk to God from your heart to his and say, Jesus, I need you. I confess my sin to you holding nothing back. In order, God, to claim your forgiveness Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. And I believe you for the forgiveness of my sin and for the gift of life, the life that is truly life. And I will follow you from this moment forward. I pray this prayer in your name. Amen.
0: Amen. In the Old Testament, um, in the book of Numbers, we see where God is instructing Moses to tell the priest what to pray over his people, the Israelite people. And this is what the Bible says. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Mm. We want to sing this together and pray this for everyone. This is what our prayer is for you in this season. Our prayer is that you remember that God is with you and God is for you. And that you know that his presence is with you. Let's stand together and sing this prayer.